0: Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know where you are, and you should know what time it is. This is Tyler Sheff, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this week, I got a special treat for you. Not something that we do very often. I got a special guest. And I know every guest is special, but this, this guest is extra special. Why? Because he's a good friend of mine. He lives down here in Florida Keys. He's also my partner in keywestrealtor.com. That is our real estate brokerage, a uh, little team down here in Key West, and he's out here on the street making things happen with me, finding us great deals. Rob, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. And I want to start out with there. Well, this episode's going to be about that. It's putting, getting deals done, thinking outside the box. I mean, you're going to hear from a different perspective because Rob's got a very interesting story on how he got his own residence, frankly. Mm-hmm. And it's been a couple of years now, right? And uh, it's funny because that's kind of how we really got to know one another, that that episode or that that time frame in his life. So back a couple of years ago, the short story, Rob, I met Carrie first, right? Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: his wife is awesome. Mm -hmm. I met Carrie down at a podcaster's group meeting down in uh, Key West at the Key West Theater. And she's like, boy, you remind me a lot of my husband. You guys should meet. Of course, I live in Tampa. At the time, I lived in Tampa and me meeting a guy who lives in Key West who's not currently here in, in the... Theater probably won't happen because you know, you, you you guys know that come to Key West that you don't live here, isn't it? There's a way that you kind of have to go because an extra day's hotel room is going to be 900 bucks. And I don't care how special you are, Rob, but nobody's worth 900 right, bucks right. for another <laughs> hotel. So you were doing whatever you're doing, um, doing deals, and uh, you couldn't make it that night, but that's fine. I got to know Carrie, became friends with Carrie, and then about a year later. You, you guys, we were talking, I think I was talking to Carrie on social media and she mentioned that you guys got this deal you put together mm-hmm. and here I am, the the cash flow guy being schooled. I mean, it was, <laughs> uh, that was impressive because you guys knocked that one out of the parks and I wanted to bring you on the show today. I want to talk about that because I think there's a lot that people can learn from your example and I know you probably don't think it's a big deal, but you're just a kind of that guy, dude, you're that wheeler dealer, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, you just like to get in. I mean, garage sales, right?
1: Yeah. That's what's super exciting to me is the the art of the deal kind of, you know, what it takes to get something. There's not always one
0: answer. Right. You do things differently than a lot of folks do in that. And this has been my observation is that you leave meat on the bone. Mm -hmm. You don't go in there and club them like a baby seal. Admittedly, I do that sometimes guys, but seriously, you do, you, you do it in such a way that you're fair with the other party Mm -hmm. and that you leave them. Afterwards, they all want to be your friend. It's like, right. oh my god, I I I got to sell something to Rob Bond,
1: <laughs> and they ha- and they have been,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it works out really well. And that comes down to your house, and it's um you you met uh, Allison, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm trying to think the you know, one, it's escaping me at the moment. Christy and Allison, and Allison, jeez, yep. I can't believe that escaped. Who we're
1: on. putting on the podcast, right,
0: guys? I'm not getting any younger, uh, so sometimes I forget things get close to you, my- and, um, we met, you met Christine Allison, I guess because of the podcast thing,
1: the podcast group that they were doing it.
0: Right. And then what happens next? They introduce you to someone else.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. When we, we, what's funny is we took them out to lunch one time cause they were, they were wanting help basically spreading the word about their podcast group. Cause that, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's what it takes. So, so, you know, Carrie and I have connections. They're like, Hey, can we join in on your connections? Right. Sure. You know, cool. So we, um, they took us, they took us out to lunch and it would have kind of felt like we kind of turned the tables a little bit. (laughs) uh, You guys have some connections that me, um, that we might want. Right. So, you know, I was, Hey, you know, we're living in this condo. Condos are cool, but you know, we want to get out and start a family. Right. Get out, and get some space. Right. Coming from Tampa. Living in Nashville, we
0: we always had space. Yeah, and coming story. down here, you had closets, and the garage. you get
1: the downtown, <laughs> you lose you lose your space.
0: And you guys were in Key West proper. Yep, that's right. All the assignments right. in yeah. So, guys, for those of you that don't know, you move to Key West, the things you're gonna have to give up right away. It's paradise, yes, but you're gonna have to give give up uh, off street parking, closets, square footage, and at least in today's math, thirty five hundred dollars a month, three three thousand minimum for a place to live. That's what you get to give up to move to paradise. So I'll, I'll go ahead. Yeah. So as
1: soon as, of course, I go on that. As soon as you get away from Duvall, uh, you might live on a street and your parking lot's in front of your house. Right. That's not your parking spot. Yeah. It's That's the city. First come, first <laughs> serve. Right. So my truck would get chalk on the on the tire, Lovely. and if that chalk doesn't move, you got a problem. You got a problem. Yep. You're either gonna ticket, you're getting towed or whatever, because they don't know whose vehicle it is. It doesn't say, oh, that belongs to this address. It's just first come, first serve. Right. So that was kind of interesting. So that was, we learned a lot living in a shotgun a shotgun style house, you know, old Cuban cigar maker's house. Um So let's start downtown.
0: there. Cuz if I'm from Chicago, whats is, what what is a Chicago shotgun house? Come with a free shotgun.
1: Nope, no. Nope. Um basically the people who made the cigars uh, back in the day, right, were put in these little you know, it's a I don't even know how you say 800 square feet, 7 600 square feet yeah, a house a and it's just a one long skinny box that had windows and doors and as soon as you opened up the doors and the windows, it felt like you had AC because of the sea breeze. Oh yeah, coming okay. off. So they didn't really need AC back then. Didn't didn't have to have it. It was natural. You know, they they you would orient your house where the the wind would blow through the house, and that's the reason it's called a shotgun because you could. Shoot a shotgun in the in the front door and out the out back, the back. And, and not hit any part of the house.
0: <laughs> I wonder so, if the traficanti family in Tampa, the gangsters, come up with that one at first. They, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> they did a lot of killings with yeah, shotguns. Shotgun house.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> there was there's cigar makers in Tampa too, and I don't remember that style house up in Tampa. I mean, we in, had little Ybor. we
0: had little Ebor houses yeah. that were super colorful, kind of looked like the Bahamas. I think you're right, though. Ebor is probably the only place I can think of that has a true shotgun house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep.
1: I mean, and it are. they are, they're super, they're colorful, they're Caribbean, they look super cool. So when we moved down here, that's what I wanted to stay in. It was either that, we didn't want to get an apartment because we're right. not really, we weren't really apartment people and right. we're going to move to Key West. We want to live in a Key West style house. Right. So that's what we found. And um, it was great. It was easy. We we had great work. Everybody was happy, super happy. And then, um, I don't know why, um, I guess we got to the point where we wanted to live on the water. Right. So we decided to move over in a little gated community um, called Gulfview down right. here, which looks a lot like the Truman Annex houses. But it, in the backyard was mangroves and the bay.
0: But so we, you're still kind of a, an apartment, a townhome apartment, whatever, but you're not in a historical-
1: No, you get away from this. We were right. in Midtown.
0: So it's a departure basically. from what you really It was want. a departure. But, yeah.
1: it, but we got more space. It was, a, it was its own standalone house. Um, and we had a pool in a backyard and paid a little bit more money for it, but we had roommates.
0: So I'll get right- Right to it and ask a tough question. How did you guys afford to, how did you guys get to the point where you could afford backing up to even move to Key West? Because most people think about living in Key West, like that's only for rich people. Right. Did you guys hit the lottery or anything?
1: Uh, you know, no, 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 Borrow we made, money. <laughs> we actually, uh, a buddy of mine, Billy, we came down here on vacation and we did some stuff up in Orlando and to Tampa. And then we we're like, Hey, let's go to the keys. So we went down to Key West on vacation on vacation. Right. Yep. Kind of that saying, you know, right. You, come here on vacation. Never leave. (laughs) (laughs) Never leave or end up on probation. Right. Um, But yeah, we, we left with the thoughts of coming back and how would that happen. So when we were down here, we were looking for opportunities. And I would say, I think it was January. So it was cold everywhere. Everywhere except for... Key, Key West. West.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have a way of- <laughs> Yeah,
1: we jumped in and the water was warm. Right. And it was so weird because we were white and pasty right. from being in Nashville for so long. I can't imagine
0: you white and pasty.
1: <laughs> yeah. Was, you are absolutely was the weird. barefoot broker. I it, mean, Yeah. It was weird. And that wasn't me. I felt like a fish out of water because I was a Florida boy and I was landlocked. I mean, we had lakes and stuff out there, but you could only swim in them a couple of months out of the year. And uh, my uncle and I would go fishing and that was fun. You could go kayaking, you could go fishing, but it wasn't the saltwater feel.
0: It wasn't the beach. It right. wasn't... It Wasn't Florida? Well, you could swim in the in the lakes year round. You just have to bring an ice pick. Yeah, you'd be super cold. Six months, yeah, I think,
1: was really cold. And the lakes weren't even lakes; they were they used to be rivers that they dammed up, right, and made a lake. So reservoirs, is kind of, a yeah. big, big reservoir. And, you know, you'd be kayaking over, and you'd see a, a tree oh, under the water underneath you, or a, a barn or something that they that didn't that got flooded when the when it was a dam when it was dammed up. That's
0: was, kind of cool and creepy at the same time. It was time. creepy, really creepy.
1: <laughs> you could go, and you could see the street would end you'd be kayaking around and you'd look down and you'd see a street. Oh wow. And then it would end off into an old boat ramp or into somebody's yard or something. It was really strange. That's crazy. But it was, it was interesting. You can, there's places you can go scuba diving right up there in some of those quarries and stuff. And there's, they would accidentally hit, uh, I don't know, underwater ground source, you oh know, my uh, God. yeah, water. Right. And they would hit it with a jackhammer or a big crane or something. And it would f- instantly start flooding and everybody would just leave all the, all the mechanics, all the machinery there, And it would all just the buildings they would over. just take over. The water would come up and go, oh, okay.
0: You know, well, at, the, at our cabin. Just leaving that in, there. In Cedar Key, we're surrounded by springs, natural springs. And there's guys that have dug out on their property out there with their tractors and they've hit a spring. And to your point, yeah, it's like they got to quickly bring more dirt to the equation and make a bowl to hold it. Or it floods your whole property. Mm-hmm. It would just, just dissolve everything. I really want, our pond is not crystal clear. Admittedly, it should be, but it's not. And that's a whole other story for a different day, but- I really want to um, do something with that to solve that, but I'm a little scared. I was like, I'm going to take that one last scoop of dirt in the pond and then we get a problem, but I digress. So you right. you guys come down here on vacation. You vow right. that you're going to come back, come back on vacation or come back to stay?
1: No, it was it was a weird time. Up in Nashville, we were getting out of the, kind of the recession time. Right. So everybody was kind of up in the air about what they were doing. And, and it was come down here and it was like there was no recession. Right. Nothing was really... People weren't worrying about anything. They were still spending money on drinks and food, and entrepreneurs paradise. People who were down here were still spending money when everybody up home, you know, and not home, but basically home, Nashville. Right. Everybody was in save mode, right, in scared mode. So we came down here, and everybody was in happy. And what happy year was mode. this about approximately? Two thousand eight ish.
0: Oh yeah, cause yeah. The, the, the poopoo was about to hit the fan. Yep.
1: Yeah. So that's during all that. So it was cold. It was a really bad snowstorm. Everybody was miserable. Like you know what? We're gonna escape we're going away. We're going to, we're going to Key West.
0: So I think back then the people in, in Nashville were probably a little more sober than the people in Key West. The people in Nashville like, oh, we got ourselves a shit sandwich here happening. <laughs> right? But in Key West, they're like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. Look,
1: boobies. <laughs> well, my house is worth a little bit less than it was last year. Right. Oh, well. It'll be fine. We're not going anywhere.
0: Right. Bring me to the round. <laughs> yeah. Because well,
1: when your house goes down in value, if if you were to sell it before it dropped, I mean, you still have to go buy another house. Right. You might get a good deal on the next one, but you got to, you know, you got a little bit less for your house and it's all, it's all relative. Same thing. If you sold your house when it was more valuable, everything you go to buy is going to be, is going to be more expensive. Right. So
0: why don't people, and this is a good question. I I wish I could have more people give me an answer. You sell when the market's hot Mm -hmm. and then you go buy again while the market's hot. Right. Why wouldn't you just go rent for a year or two? People like, I don't want to move. Have you ever done the math on that? It's It's crazy. I mean, it's like selling when the the stock market crashes, every broker on wall street sells off your portfolio while you got your toes in the sand. It's like, I just lost blank in the stock market. It's like, well, why did you sell when it was down? Well, I don't know. I, I deal with so-and-so brokerage and they sold and I started digging into it. It's like, oh, I know why they sold because they're on commission and their commission plan. Unlike mine means that if they do a trade, sell your shit. They get a commission whether they sell when it's up or down. Either way, they get paid. I wish I could do that. Mm-hmm. Hey, the stock market or the housing market crashed. Time for Uncle Tyler to sell your house. <laughs> you guys be like, no, no. I got a brain. I've listened to your podcast. I'm going to wait until the market goes back up because the market crash doesn't impact you. If you're used to paying $500 a month for a mortgage payment, let's say, or 5000 a month, doesn't matter, and the housing market crashes, well, why do you got to sell it? No, you don't. Right. So down here, I imagine you show up and you're like, you're, you're a Tennessee realtor, mm-hmm. and you're probably thinking, I can get me a great deal.
1: Yeah, what did all that look the like? Places the the places we were looking at weren't that expensive. We we figured the best way to move down here would be to try it out, right? And that's renting, right? And renting was easy back then, sure, because you know the the mark was down. There was all kinds of people available. Rent, right. was, rent was low.
0: There was more so inventory we, back we could, then than yeah, there was people in to rent it. Okay,
1: So we could go rent. A really cool Key West house. We could rent a place on the water, we get a couple of roommates. Right. It's like what a lot of people do down here. You come down here and you get roommates. Sure. And roommates. And if you can live with them, then you can, then you're fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you trust those people, then you'll live a happy, happy life for a couple of years. Yeah. So we decided to do that. Uh, well, that's not even part of the story before even the, the reason we got down here in the first place was we saw a need for photography and marketing and stuff like that. And that's what my wife did. And that's what, mainly what we were doing. I could, I could do real estate from anywhere. I just had to take the Florida license and since right. it wasn't reciprocal right down here. I just had to take the test again.
0: And, okay. So let's, let me stop you there for a second. You're a, you're a Tennessee realtor. Cause I know I have a lot of listeners mm-hmm. to, uh, that are realtors um, and you, you have your little market up there. You have your customer base. You've worked hard to get it. You're selling houses. You're doing your thing. And I think you were doing mortgages as well, right? For yeah, I did,
1: I did mortgages in the early two thousands. And then what's funny is being up there when everybody, when the market was crashing, I was more of a buyer's agent. Right. You know, we we weren't, you know, the way to make it up there is to list a house. Right. And you put it in the local magazines Mm -hmm. and then people look through the magazine they call your ad. Right. And then your phone rings. Hey, you're a realtor. As long as your phone's ringing, you're making money. Right. If your phone's not
0: ringing... You've got a problem.
1: You've got a problem. Right. The main thing is to make the phone ring.
0: Unless you're a country music singer, then you can <laughs> move right. on Saturday yeah. nights, it's, right? It's getting the phone to ring.
1: Right. That's with any business. If you sell a widget and nobody, nobody knows about your widgets, it could be the best deal on earth and nobody's
0: going to buy it. So what did you do in Nashville to make the phone ring?
1: That uh, When we were new in the market, we actually piggybacked off of some of the bigger agents in our office, what allowed us to market their smaller listings.
0: Okay. So you... You reached out to them. You said, mm-hmm. "Hey, you got this thing for sale." They were like, "They were a smart agent yep. with a brain," and said, "Geez, if they're willing to spend their time and effort to market my listing, mm-hmm. I'm already got it the MLS. Someone's going to sell it. Oh yeah, doesn't necessarily have to be them. And Why we, not?"
1: And we were smart. Nice. Um, we sat and said, "Okay, well, who, what house is going to sell the easiest?" So we went to the cheapest three, two, right? Cheapest two, one that we could find that we knew were gonna, was going to sell quickly. And we advertised that house. And so when the phone rang, my number was on the bottom of the ad. Nice. And uh, Carrie and I were a team.
0: Oh, that's we right. Were the, she was a we were the
1: bond team. team. Yeah, right. she was licensed too because she was better at the marketing than I was. I wanted to go out and meet people and shake hands, you know, give hugs, shake hands and uh, create my little connection, my Nashville connection. Right. And she was uh, in there typing and making graphic designs and making the ads and doing all that stuff. So that was fun.
0: That's cool. And then... So that went well, but you get to Key West, and well, let's just say it's not Nashville, right? Right. It's different. It's a different it's a completely world. Completely different world. But you guys, so you and Carrie have a marketing background, even though you're not school-trained marketers per se. You didn't grow up in one day and, and be related to Russell Brunson or anything like that. Right. Um, Dan Kennedy's not on your Thanksgiving and guest, uh, guest list, but you guys found the most likely thing to succeed, the house that most people can afford. So, mm-hmm. And guys listening to this, Realtors, a lot of you'll go. I'm going to go find the most expensive house in the street and market market that. Well, here's the problem. You when you do that, the there's not not everybody can afford that house. If, if you're looking, if you're selling the three two, uh, that's two hundred thousand dollars in a market where most houses are between two and three hundred thousand dollars. A pretty damn good chance you're going to sell it. But if you're selling the McMansion, that's two point six million dollars in the two three hundred thousand dollar neighborhood and those do exist all over the place, or in that general vicinity, then you can expect that process to take longer. The marketing will be more expensive because you're going to hit a smaller number of people. Um, and so you're, you're basically like fishing in a, in a wine glass versus fishing in an ocean, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're dealing with a larger, more desirable house, or I'm sorry, a smaller, more desirable house that most people can afford, it's kind of like fishing in a wine glass. You're pretty much guaranteed to catch a fish versus casting out into a, a vast ocean, you know, who knows, you might get nothing, right? Might get eaten right. by a shark, who knows. So you guys you come down here for the boat races. Carrie's a photographer. She has that graphics background. What are you doing? Are you just hanging out on the beach and playing with Jimmy Buffett or I what? I mean, are you?
1: I can't even think of what I did do. Oh, right. no, I was a photographer.
0: Oh, that's right. You were helping yeah,
1: her. I was the photographer. I was the photographer that made the most money. Really? Because I sold it the way that I would want to be sold to. Nice. You know, I'm like, "Oh, you know, we're on these boats, there's hundreds of people." I divided everybody in the families. Right. There's no reason me talking to the the mom if the dad makes a decision. And I sat everybody oh, down and okay. we introduced ourselves and we gave them little bracelets. Remember those Livestrong bracelets? Yeah. yeah. So we gave her, we, those are real super popular in the late 2009
0: 10s. So you know? how did you know how to segment these people? What did you use? Where, where
1: they were sitting. I just basically profiled everybody. Really? I was a master, a master profiler. Okay. Well, you gotta. We're going <laughs>
0: to, not, I'm not letting you off the hook on that one because oh, yeah. I'm fixing to learn That's
1: something. That's a skill that, most people had a hard time with because we had to hire photographers because we got on these boats. Uh, the boats, there was four of them going out four times a day. Right. Which I started calculating in my head. If there's 100 people on the boat, usually they're divided up into couples, families. Right. So I had to go around and profile everybody, see who I was going to talk to, wear a shirt that said photographer. Right. <clears throat> and then um, basically tell the say the same thing over and over and over for a year. It was the same spiel. It worked. It was. It's a numbers game. It was a numbers game.
0: But you're only focusing on the people most likely based on their your feeling that you got, or just kind of sizing them up. So if you see me and you see I don't know Mike Mm -hmm. sitting next to each other, Mm -hmm. we're not together. Right. We're not a couple. Um. So we say in Key West (laughs) that you got to mention that. But um, we're he's the airline pilot, well dressed guy. I'm kind of like the the midlife crisis, Hawaiian shirt guy. <laughs> and which one of us are you most likely to sell to?
1: I'm going to probably just talk to you both. Really? I'd sit right, I would position myself where you both could hear me.
0: And uh, if okay. and
1: if I'm talking to you and I see he's got interest, I would read his body language and maybe scoot over a little bit. So right. could, I don't have much time. Right, You've only got 15 minutes basically to talk to everybody on the boat oh, wow. or talk where they can hear you. Right. So yeah, I would position myself where I would talk loud enough, give out a little bit of paperwork, point to the shirt, says photographer. Right, I've got these bracelets, show them a bracelet. It says, look, if you think I took a picture of you or you want a picture, wave me over. I'll give you a bracelet. And if you're wearing a bracelet, I will concentrate on you. And that worked out great because then I could tell who was interested see, right away. I'll
0: concentrate on you.
1: Right. I'll, I'll give you the love. And when I'm walking around, you see me point the picture and, and I would wave. Right. I would wave, you would wave, click, click, click. And then at the end of the day... You would get a piece of paper saying, here's a code to all your pictures. You go online you download all your pictures.
0: See, that would suck me in because if I'm there to get promo shots mm-hmm. or I'm on vacation and I got my Instagram thing happening or, or, I don't know, maybe I'm a single guy or maybe I'm you know, a woman in her 20s that feels good about herself, like there's two or three of those in the world, mm-hmm. then I would be like, oh my God, here's a photographer that would be like my, perfor- my capture, personal photo.
1: Capture the whole moment. I mean, I'd capture it underwater. Um Shots of the sharks and the jellyfish and the fish and the everything, the reef, everything that you can't capture, I would capture because we figured we were watching the mother or the grandmother take pictures of the family and they weren't in the pictures.
0: And their fingers are always
1: over the damn lens, <laughs> Right. Right. Well, we filled a need. These people yeah. wanted family pictures and there was somebody missing oh my in God. every sunset picture and everything. There was a, there was a need for this. So we would follow everybody around, get them in groups, make sure they know who we are, prove it again, repeat it nonstop. I just had a huge four four times a day.
0: So you're going up and explaining the benefit, the benefit, something that they clearly Mm -hmm. need—an extra set of hands, especially the people with a family, kids running everywhere or whatever. I'll focus on you. That hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm -hmm. That's huge. I'll focus on you. Makes me feel special. Right. Makes me feel like what I. Am I'm doing matters and some people are probably thinking yeah but it makes me you know what if i look fat in the pictures well amazing things can be done with photoshop maybe that's how carrie got so oh, yeah three- carrie's awesome at photoshop yeah she can take a whole extra piece of ass off of you <laughs>
1: <laughs> the funny part is is our other photographers would take five or six hundred pictures a trip i took three thousand pictures a trip wow i would drop off the card and carrie put it in the computer and give me this death look Like, what are you doing? I can't believe you took 3,000 pictures. And then I would show her the order forms and there'd be a stack of order forms. And she'd say, "Never mind. I will take care
0: of these right now. (laughs) So you're taking photographs for several people at the same time. All All of them are feeling special because Mm -hmm. every time they look, you're just that guy that's, you know, click, click, click on it.
1: And they'd never had this service on these boats. Wow. There was never a service that went out to the reef, took pictures of everybody, posted them online they were in a private, a private website, so right. not the general public couldn't see them. Right, and you'd go on there and you'd take pictures of what you wanted.
0: You would get a code. See, I wish you would like go train everybody else in Key West that trick because you know what I can't stand is they don't give any, they don't leave it value. They're like, hey, I took your picture, making me feel guilty. Right, I took your picture now give me money for don't it. Me I'm money. like, Well, I didn't ask you to take my picture. Right, had go and, away.
1: And they used to just print them out and they'd hang them on
0: the palm right. trees I or don't hang them on a clothesline. Yeah. Jill hates that stuff. No. She's like, look at my hair. I can't believe they even took that. And then we won't buy well, it because she it, hates it.
1: We got that kind of idea because we used to go to Disney. We go to Orlando. And right. when you first thing you walk up, you've they've got, picture, you got people taking pictures of you. Okay. And you're taking never pictures. in
0: your best light when you first show up. No, at you're, you're kinda, sweaty, yeah, you're sweating. kids are bitching. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it, you like those pictures and that's what you remember as a kid. You took those pictures. You got the castle in the background. That's great. They take one or two and they say, oh, here, go to this booth. <laughs> After when you're all and now you're really tired and sweaty and ready right. to go home, and everybody else is leaving at the same time, and there's, there's a huge long line, so you never get your pictures. Uh, they don't post those online, right? They you had to go there and you had to either print them out. And now the kids are tired. And the kids are tired, They're so you hungry. never get your picture, right? And then the pictures you did take, somebody had to take them.
0: So you're eliminating the bottleneck,
1: right? There was oh no God. bottleneck, and, and on these boats there would have been a bottleneck because everybody if you've got seven people looking at these pictures that you printed out and hung on a palm tree, then you're missing out the other 90 people that walked right past you. And when 10 people were looking at their pictures, you missed everybody else on the boat.
0: You guys listening to this, you see this is diagnosing a problem an inefficiency in the marketplace coming up with a practical, simple, easy to execute cure for the problem. And frankly, this is better than the real estate story. (laughs) Um, The real estate story is good too, but it can be a lot shorter because this is gold guys inefficiency in the marketplace, right? This is what wholesalers used to do. You guys know what I'm talking about, those of you bottom feeders that are out there buying at retail and selling at retail. That's not how this game is played. Wholesale, for those of you in the back row, means you got to get it at a bargain price. That means you should know what your buyer can be willing to pay or is willing to pay. That's a wholesale deal. I did a little bit of a rant on Facebook Live the other day about this. Like, guys, you don't go out and get to pay retail off the MLS. Slap a... 20 grand on it and sell it again just because there's an idiot out there to to buy it doesn't mean that you need to help facilitate it where are your scruples but here you're filling a void you're providing an actual service i mean not just you're in my face like paparazzi taking my picture like i'm kim kardashian no you're like hey man um i'm uh, we're here to i'll be focused i'll focus on you if you want that we'll get pictures of the kids we'll get some underwater whatever and then i'm like if that's the need i want i'm like hell yeah but if I'm if I say no, you're like cool because I'll go focus cool. on somebody that's going to give you a yes. Right. And then you didn't bother taking my picture if I said no.
1: Uh, you'd be unless you change your mind. As you saw everybody else having fun, we're
0: waving at them. We're getting, might be bycatch. It's bycatch, right? But you're you know, not focused on me, so I don't feel yeah. it. Like if I don't want to be under a microscope, I'm not going to feel like I'm no. under a microscope. Yeah,
1: and you here. can tell me I don't want to be in any of these pictures, right? And I would I would note that and keep you out of the picture. I would take a mental note right. and keep you out of those pictures. Like,
0: photograph me, I'm a punch you in your
1: throat. Yeah. <laughs> right. And we got very little of that. Very, very little of that. That's the good. only time was when I think the pagans were in town. The motorcycle club? Motorcycle club.
0: You know, most of them bikers are wimps anyway. If you, if you just <laughs> sit there and flex, they'll be like, oh, God, he's actually but gonna...
1: there were you could tell who was who. There was about 20 of them on the boat. Right. And some weren't. There with their significant others, right. I think. I think they other call ones, that old lady. Right. Yeah. So they were, sign of respect, <laughs> and um, some of them were wanted, maybe. Yeah. You know, right. by other places. So no, we didn't post those online. Even though it was a closed, it was a closed website. You needed to go to get in and all the other stuff. It was it was more about a respect for them. That was an interesting group of people, and they took up most of the boat. So we didn't really sell that much on that boat, but mm. the next boat made up for it.
0: So now. You you figure out this niche. You guys are making money. Carrie's launches her photography business. You guys are working together doing that. You've got you then get your real estate license here in Florida, yep. right? Yep. And then at some point you decide that you want storage. Going back to storage, you you you're a guy that's a, a doer, right? You you want a workshop? You're oh, a mechanic. Yeah. I left a,
1: everything in Nashville in a storage unit.
0: Right, and you got all the the stuff that you want to. You got stuff. I mean, the the cabin. I have that. I got a forty five foot long big old ocean container nine and a half feet tall loaded with my tools and lumber and i got all kinds of stuff because i like to go do projects there and i got a shady spot and i'm out there in the woods and it's quiet and i can play my music and i have a good old time and it's like being away from the world you want to recreate that but key west certainly is not going to allow you to do that so you got to step off of key west a little bit right
1: yeah it's not easy you got to get out away from the hustle and bustle of right. downtown.
0: Because if you want a garage in Key West, I'm going to tell you it starts at $3 million. <laughs> that's tough. Right. And I don't care how many photography, or how much photography you sell. You. <laughs> that's a stretch. <laughs> but then, you see so you guys, you're normally, you're just a networker. You're that guy. Yeah,
1: I like that. I, I enjoy it.
0: Right. And I'm absolutely abusing Rob for that, by the way, guys. He's <laughs> what has, the entire team for Key West Cash Flow was built pretty much single. I, it's cute when I take the credit, but that's a bunch of bullshit. That 95% of that team is Rob. By the way, Rob has built that team. I've leveraged Rob's relationships because I've told you guys that's not being a dick move. I mean, he knew that on day one. It's like, dude, I I want to buy investment property and help people. I need your help, man. And And I thrive on that kind of stuff. That's what I live for. I
1: live for the deal. I live for the connection.
0: Right. And, you know, he's as good as a negotiator as I am, if not better. And he's definitely more connected than I am. So it makes sense. So now you use your connections through podcasting you want to hang out with. Christine Allison, too, even though they want to hang out with you, you want to hang out with them. And they introduce you to the seller of this home that you now own. Yeah, it was a friend of theirs.
1: Right. And, yeah, we're sitting there at lunch, and she goes, oh, yeah. And we started talking about horses, and is like, well, I, man, I sure would like to get horses. I saw some on maybe Upper Sugarloaf. I know there some horses there, but it's kind of in a marsh, and it's not the best place to raise horses because they were kind of walking around in salt water right. during uh, full tide. That's not good. It's a weird – the only place to have horses were ones that were once – a farm oh, okay. back in the day. So that was permitted for it or whatever it right. was. And two, a lot of those had sold off and then they built bigger homes and better homes. Right. Built them in. So the only ones that were left were the low lying lands that you could have horses on. Right. So we didn't want to do that. So we started looking around and she goes, oh, well, my friend has horses up in Kudjo. And I'm like, oh, okay, nice. cudjo That's another key. It seems like, yeah, it's, it's a couple of keys up. Right. And it seems like miles and miles and miles away. Right. It's not. Yeah, it does. It feels like it's the end. It's, there's a blimp flying right there. It looks like it's off in the. It looks like it's in Naples.
0: I, I swear, if we said "Ready, set, go" from like your house, you go to Cudjo. I'm going to go to Cedar Key. I, I, in my brain, I'm thinking I'll I beat you there. <laughs> right. If I skip lunch, I'll beat you. Right. there. But, but when you
1: look like at minutes. when you look at real estate in Key West, if you look on MLS. Cudjo going to pop up. Yeah. And Sugarloaf's going to pop up. Right. It's all Summerlin. Right. Summerlin's fairly big. Right. And it includes all these all these little different islands. Um, so yeah, when you're looking at property in Key West, you will see a, a price difference between Upper Sugarloaf, Lower Sugarloaf, Kudjo. and the only way I can remember where it was is they said, "Oh, just go to where you think the blimp is anchored," which like, the weather blimp, yeah, the immigration or drug, yeah, blimp the big blimp you see going driving up and down the Keys. You right. can look it up; it's an aerostat uh, blimp. I'm like, oh, I know where that's at. So me and Carrie, of course, driving up past the road, right? You know, we I'm looking for it. I'm looking off, you know, to the to the left. And we pass it right. I go around a corner I'm like man the, the blimps behind us how, how did that happen <laughs> so we go up and we turn around of course the seller or the seller the the friend is waiting for us she's like oh it took you took you longer than I thought you're just right you know you're just like right there in Key West and I'm right. like yeah we passed it and yeah. you know, we came a couple times I blew past it. <laughs> and then we came down and looked at it and it was a it was a small house but it had some acreage and a barn and had everything everything that we if we would have seen that coming from Nashville we would have said Sure. Yeah. Perfect. Make it happen. But we worked downtown. We worked on the water. We needed back when we first down, moved down here. We needed to be closer to downtown. And this need, is not need to house be able to buy. skateboard basically or bike ride your bike right. to work because right. parking is an issue. Right. Oh yeah. So if you you got to live closer, so you're going to pay more for rent. Right. Or pay more for your house, but you're closer to work. You don't have to pay the parking. You don't have to. You get to know everybody
0: personally. So how does that house get you over to where you are now? Because you don't live in a small house anymore.
1: Right. No, yeah. So we looked into that house, realized it was a little small, and it's kind of not exactly what we want. And she's like, oh, well, uh, well, I guess I'll I'll just go hang out at the Sugarloaf house for a little while. And I said, what Sugarloaf house? Ding. Yeah. And she goes, well, I've got another house for sale, but you can't have, of course, you can't have horses there, but it does have a garage. And I'm like, what do you mind if I, being, a, being my, my realtor mind kicked in then, I'm like, okay, well, have you sold this house yet, or you? What's the story with this thing? She right. goes, "Oh, it's my, it's my house. It was my house before I moved to Hawaii." And um, oh, man, I sure would love to to go to the the right people. She doesn't really care. She's you know she's got good money, mm-hmm. so she's not relying on this house to sell to buy right. another house. She's perfectly fine.
0: It's just dead weight. It's just a one.
1: dead weight house. It's right. a problem. The house is, and I when I got to talking to her, we, we showed up, and the house is beautiful. Yeah. But oh she, god. She yeah. just had it painted the landscaping was done. It's on the water garage. It was on the water. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So, uh, yeah, we pull up and we look at the house and I go, I can, I could see myself living here. Right. This is the
0: one. About 40 closings. Especially if the (laughs) price is right. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Right.
0: So how am I going to, we had,
1: we've got a new daughter basically and she's young and I'm like, Oh my gosh, how can we afford this place? And, uh, so we just started talking and I found out what her, what her pain point was, what, Where's she standing what's her what's her plan right with the house really tell me tell me your plan she goes well I'm going to probably pump some money into it and then I'm going to ask top dollar. what was wrong with it It had a little bit of water damage okay from from, from Irma okay so uh, Problems. Or, yeah uh, Irma. a skylight had blown off and then that That'll that, do it. <laughs> yeah, that allowed the roof to leak into the house right basically in the kitchen so she had some some contractors go in there and the contractors <laughs> wow talk about negotiators right those guys not the good kind yeah they're <laughs> like we will save you money on this on this job if you let us live here oh boy and then we will just do the work send you pictures and we'll send you a bill
0: oh what could possibly go oh
1: on? that was great right <laughs> so all she had to do was pay the electric bill the water bill the contractors bill all the taxes Everything that, all the expenses to the house, you just pay all those, and we'll live here and fix your house. No problem. We'll, we'll always show up because we're always here. Ah, that sounds good. <laughs> I guess in theory it sounds, <laughs> sounds decent. And what's <laughs> funny is I didn't realize that was going on too much. Right. And what a great idea for a, I wouldn't say a, a grifter. I guess someone. if it
0: worked, it would be a great idea. Nobody took advantage. but If it worked. then, you know, America.
1: Right, America. <laughs> so, so I met... Met those people, and um that was interesting. So I saw a problem there. That was a problem, I'd say. Yeah, because all it looked like all they did was demo.
0: Oh, they're they good at that.
1: They're just oh yeah. Well, money there's money in demo.
0: I can sledgehammer the hell out of stuff. You oh ever yeah, get sledgehammer help. I'm your guy.
1: And what's funny is you can take your time,
0: right? Oh yeah,
1: because you want your contractor to be busy and well rested, not too busy, well rested, but yeah. you also want them to want to get the job done. Right. In a reasonable time. Right. But they were living there. So the sooner you got the job done. The sooner
0: they'd, the sooner they'd have to move The sooner out. you're homeless. Oh, yeah.
1: So why would you work your way out of a home? Right. Who knows? She wasn't especially, on a time
0: frame. Especially in the Keys where there's no place to live anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there was There was It was, the prices were going up. So they got a free ride. A free ride.
0: Oh, my. Free bills. No motivation ended. to move. No motivation. So you guys have heard me say, don't ever buy a house with the seller still in it. Here's Here's why. Okay, yeah. that this is a here's your sign moment. No disrespect to the seller, mm-hmm. but they don't know any better because, hey, here's the thing: there are people out in the world that actually think the people will not screw them, and that's cool. I, I I I used to be that guy. I I'm a little less of that guy these days, but please go on. So the house is tore apart. Oh yeah, you show up on the thing with. I mean, literally, she's probably looking at you like you're wearing a cape. Oh yeah, she yeah, she, she
1: opens the door, and I see hammer marks bars, there's a hole in the floor, like all kinds of crazy stuff. Right. But the bones were good just because the drywall might've been wet. The drywall that got wet was removed, but then they started removing other drywall that wasn't wet. Oh boy. Because there's money in that. Sure. Well, and it takes time. Take down a wall. Hey, $1,000. I could pay rent in Key West or I could just keep taking this house apart. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Hey, I'll take down this other wall. $1,000. So she's just pouring money into this house and nothing's been done. Very little of it was, was done. Um. So but she did the important part. She right. did the roof, which is great. She did the windows, which were great. So all of the expensive things that would usually put you out of a deal, would mm-hmm. usually make it a deal breaker. Right. We're already done. Nice. It was great. So it was almost a perfect situation. So all I have to do is do some flooring and some drywall and paint and you know, make sure the plumbing's updated and right. do all that stuff and hey, build a kitchen. So basically Carrie, my wife, has to be on board with living in a construction site for a little while. And this (laughs) is all going through my head while I'm sitting here looking at this house. My future is going through my head in about 15 minutes. But if any
0: girl's going to put up with it, it's going to be Carrie because she's very down to earth.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's just like your Jill. Yeah. She knows... She sees the deal when she when she sees it, and
0: I've seen her construction work. She can hold her own. Oh yeah, yeah. She she can cut tile and, and do finished work like there's no other, yeah. like it's going on. So stuff. it's
1: going to be a learning. I mean, you you learn something from everything. Yeah, it's a great learning. You know, you can get a house, put some sweat equity into it, uh, but a lot of things have to fall in place. Right. Um, so yeah. So after we saw it, we go great. So what's the deal? So she, and she said, okay, I'm going to pump some money into it, and I'm going to ask top dollar. Right. Okay. Top dollar. And she was going to go top dollar with one of the best real estate teams in the key in that area. Crap, that I mean, she'll get it. Exactly, she'll get it. <laughs> Damn it! I'm like, okay, oh man, it's going to take forever. I mean, just think about which contractor you're going to use. You are going to use these guys? Right. You are going to use somebody else? Like, it's how long is it going to take you? Are these guys who are doing this going to be able to finish this in your in your time frame? Right. Like, they they don't seem like those kind of people. Um so that was a that was a pain point for sure. That must have been tough to navigate that conversation because right, you don't in want her to insult mind, her. No. In
0: right. her mind, hey, everything's gonna be perfect.
1: Right. I'll just spend some money throw a bunch of money at it and then I'll just get the money back when I sell it. But Which I'm like,
0: she's thinking it's probably materials, right? Right. I'm gonna give the guy some cash. He's gonna go down to Home Depot, buy drywall and you know, beer and
1: rebuild seafood. this thing.
0: Right. What could go wrong?
1: But Okay. So just say the house is five hundred thousand and you spend four hundred thousand and then you put it on the market for a million. Right. Or nine fifty. All you're doing is spending the money to get it back.
0: Yeah, because they pay sixty grand to the realtor with that math.
1: Right. You, then you did him, all that so, work, yeah. all the permitting, all the other crap. And it didn't put you any more ahead than if you hadn't done that. Okay. If you sold the house as is, you would profit the same amount of money than spending the money to fix it up be right back where you were before.
0: So you're zeroing in on the pain point, seeing that there's this issue. You have the ability to correct the situation, help Mm -hmm. her avoid all the future pain that you see coming. But let me ask you this. Did she see the potential for future pain? Because she's obviously experienced dudes living in her house. Right. She's feeling it. Right. So she's kind of, but you're not pressing on that directly, like Mm -hmm. saying, ha ha, you idiot. No. You're not really talking about what she did wrong because that really doesn't matter. Instead, you're focusing on what she can do right next, the mm-hmm. next steps to take this problem and put it to bed. Options. It's freaking brilliant.
1: Yeah. So it was it was options.
0: Right. And this That's, is before we knew her, but each other, by the way. So I can't take any credit for this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to know her options, like what what's your time frame and all this. So it just everything happened perfectly. Um, so okay, well, what if you didn't spend that money, right? Sell the, sell the house as is. And she goes, okay, that sounds good. I'm like, okay, well, there's a, looking into it, the banks aren't going to loan on this property the way it is. Probably, probably not. Probably not. I mean, the roof, hey, that's great. that's new. Right. But it, everything else needs to fall in place too. Banks are going to look for certain things.
0: You can. So those of you listening, especially if you're rehabbers, probably thinking, well, you can go get a hard money loan. That's cool if you're going to do something with the hard money loan in a rickety-tick period of time. But if you're going to move into the home, because- Keep in mind, guys, what maybe you're missing here is they're going to move into this home, which means they're not going to be excited about paying 10 or 12% interest and four points on the front and four points on the back to some shifty hard money lender. This is their home. They, they're they not going to be able to swing that because that makes a $600,000 house or $500,000 house cost as much as a million dollar house because of the interest, right? Short duration, high interest. I get that the investor needs to get that because it doesn't make sense to have their money out if they can't get 10 to 12% on their money short term then there's no point so you've got to get this thing affordable so that you can because now you're going to be spending what you would normally be spending on a million dollar house on materials which mm-hmm. is no joke right especially in the keys because everything is expensive in the keys and lumber mm-hmm. is and drywall is you think it's expensive in Terre Haute, indiana mm-hmm. well you need to stop by the key west home depot holy <laughs> crap
1: we lucked out we got it right before all that stuff went crazy
0: right but you're still paying a key surcharge mm-hmm. You're not in Pinellas Park, Florida, buying lumber. Right, two dollars a board. You're, you're paying eighteen fifty. So now you decide. Okay, you're going to make her an offer, or she just says you want to buy it.
1: Yeah, she goes. If you could, um, I, I, I give her the option. I said, look, we could do this. Come up with a down payment. Right, you're happy with. I, I'm not in ask her whether the house was paid off or not. I go, that's your business. Right, <clears throat> and let me know how I can help you, and I'll make it work. And she goes. Okay, so she called me back the next day. I would need a hundred thousand dollars right down to pay off. You know, just to make she she's not a bad person. Right. She wanted to give these contractors some money, and then also uh, I think she wanted to do something with her horse property. Okay, and that that would allow her
0: to put the money from that. So the hundred is not that she doesn't trust you. It says she needs that money. She wants she, that money. There's a purpose for that. Right. Money.
1: That right. would make her happy, warm and fuzzy, and then she could. Basically, step away from the house for two years. Give me a two-year balloon, so I would have two years to bring it to a point where a a conventional loan would be happy giving me that
0: amount. So, a so hundred grand is a lot of money, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of folks listening to the show are like, "Well, that's cool, Rob. Great for great on you." But I don't have a hundred grand. What would you have done if you didn't? You weren't in a position to come up with a hundred grand? First of all,
1: oh man. Well, I mean, with all the stuff going on at the moment, we had to tap every resource we. We could get a hold of. We, we
0: so you could yeah. earn it if oh, you yeah. wanted to.
1: Yeah, we could earn it, but would we earn it fast enough to get the two year balloon? You know, it's like pay your bills, build the house, all the materials. So it was definitely a dance. It was a. It was a very. It was a very. I don't know. Thought out. You dance. saying
0: that you one of the things you consider was tweaking the loan program that you had with the seller to make it work. In other words yes, if I can't come up with a hundred grand, maybe we stretch this term out a little bit, mm-hmm. work that out. And guys, when you're doing these deals, exactly what Rob just said, sometimes, you know, be careful asking the seller exactly what they need to some degree, because then he might get unpleasantly surprised. I need a million bucks. Crap. I just have to be $900,000 short of a million bucks. <laughs> right. But that said, when they're saying I need a million bucks or in this case, a hundred thousand dollars, there's a reason for that. So Rob obviously knows the reason, which means he asked the question, mm-hmm. You know what? In, some, in his way of how what's that money for? It's a great way to air that so that it because when the seller says it, it sometimes doesn't make sense to them after they say it, and, it, and inadvertently it can cause them to reduce that money. Well, maybe if he can give me fifty, I've done that before. It works. Also, if he couldn't come up with a hundred grand for some reason, uh, then he could always add time to the equation. Like, hey, let's exit this thing and let's refi out in four years or five years. Give me six months to come up with a mortgage payment or the down payment, or give me a year. We're doing that down here, guys. We're you know I'm getting ready to write a contract on a ten million dollar piece of real estate with Rob as my broker, and you know what? I happen to not have ten million dollars sitting in my bank account. Probably, nor will I ever. Well, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) I'm going to try, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. And I don't have the down payment that you would want if you wanted twenty percent down on ten million. I don't have two million dollars in liquid cash. I'm willing to throw into the deal while I wait to raise the money. Uh, am I going to put my own money in the deal? Sure. But I'm going to structure the offer to where the seller gives me time so that I can perform, right? So it's either money or time, one or the other. If you give me, I'll get you the money if you give me time, mm-hmm. right? Or I'll give you your price if you give me my terms. And that's basically what you're doing here is, right. okay, you want a 100 grand. I can come up with a 100 grand. I know where how to get that done. You can leverage your network. You can go do more photography. You guys making a hundred grand for you two, you guys are like serial entrepreneurs, not hard.
1: Yeah, I mean, even on the simple side, we could have said, Hey, we're going to move into the house. Right. Trust us. Meanwhile, you know, pinky swear. I'm going to fix the house up. Then I'll just, I'll, I'll just take a HELOC or something and give you that. Right. I so, mean, who knows?
0: For so the person last week that come, called me or emailed me and asked me if they could have a discount on my $99, how to raise money course. Come on, man. That's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Rob can go out and, and figure out a way to come up with a hundred grand in relatively short order. You can come up with a hundred bucks. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> My point is, is that you identify a problem. She knows that she doesn't probably want to go down this road. She's comes to you with a potential other solution. You then leverage your network that you spent some time meeting people, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys build a business out of thin air down here in key West, which is no joke, by the way, ask me how I know. And um, you put the deal together, but now you still have a broken house, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like con- how do you get the contractors out? Did she get them out or did you get them out or, uh, it was basically like, create basically a diversion well, in the yard. Yeah, Carrie,
1: and- carries real good. And, um, she's real LinkedIn with the chamber of commerce right. and everything. So she does photography and all the, all the networking for them. So yeah, we just started calling people. We did what we could do on our own. Right. And then we, we hired professionals
0: for what they could do. How'd you get rid of the, the contractors that were there though?
1: Well, she did that for me. Nice. When she said they're we sold the house, they're moving in. Right. They actually were fine. Like they were, well, yeah, it's a small they it's a small town. What choice did they have? What's for dinner? You know, <laughs> I didn't find concrete in my uh toilet. Oh in the I've sewer lines. Road, I didn't yeah. I didn't find dead shrimp in the in the walls or anything like that. I mean they could have. Yeah. They could have been disgruntled. Well um, but no, they were good. It's 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 the keys. Everybody knows each other. I knew them, they knew me, we knew of each other, we seen each other out at the tiki bars and right. stuff like that. So there's no reason to be disgruntled down here. Everything.
0: It's just a different way of life. It's a different here. way of life. Right. Everything comes full circle. It's kind of hard to stay. Mad I'll help
1: those here. guys out. They'll help yeah. me out. we exactly. you know, nobody disgruntled. It's just, it is what it is. Right.
0: So you're under contract. You're off to closing. You get seller financing, mm-hmm. right? The seller sees the value in taking in a hundred grand cash, giving you the seller financing, leaving you with the broken house. You're going to take care of it. Right. So fast forward, you take care of it. Now you have this gorgeous house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in an amazing neighborhood, probably one of the best neighborhoods, in my opinion, in the Keys. Um, you paid, I think, what, $500,000 originally you wanted to contract 500000 You closed on the deal. Yep. So it was actually your house with seller financing, hundred grand down. You were able to raise the 100000 locally, leverage your network. Now it comes time to refinance. Right. And you guys are self-employed, right. which a lot of my listeners are self-employed. Oh, it's a and
1: huge, it's a huge problem with right. a lot of people to buy real estate.
0: And the first couple of banks don't even bother running your credit. They don't even take an application. They just basically say nah, mm-hmm. because you guys like you're photographers. You can't make any real money, right? You guys, are just, <laughs> that's like a pretend job, right? Right, right, right. That's what the banker looks down their nose at. You are going Go away
1: exactly. Well, right. I mean, you could. Well, what is it for they the for that. the last two years? Right. You could pay. As much taxes as you could possibly pay, Right. spend sixty to eighty thousand dollars in taxes. Don't write off anything. Right. Show the bank here's what we make.
0: Right. To impress the bank. Yeah. So pay. It's going to hurt. It's going to be a the stab.
1: You're going to stab yourself in the
0: leg. Right. Give the government money they don't need. They don't need it. It's Just stuff. to prove that you're worthy. That, you, that you're worthy. To prove that you're financially responsible. So intentionally overpay your taxes so mm-hmm. that you can prove to a mortgage banker. That you can qualify for a mortgage and you're responsible to pay a mortgage. That's like an oxymoron. That's the game. That's ridiculous. That's the game. So, okay. So then you meet Frank Cotto, Lincoln Lending. Yep. You guys know Frank. Thanks he's been you. on the show before, right? So, yeah, I referred Frank because he's, he's he's a lender that gets it. Frank looks at the situation. You guys got great credit. You're not irresponsible with debt, right? You, Jesus, equity. You got plenty of equity. It's a it's a over a million-dollar house um rob and i on the back porch were playing the the guest game to see what it's going to praise for i came in at one point i was like 200 grand light
1: yeah 1.38 I, or
0: something right like that. and it praised at 1.4 <laughs> rob yeah. was like nah be like 1.25 and then
1: the guy was actually really conservative too He because yeah. there's other places that you know it's it's worth more than that but here's
0: 1.4 right but it's it's a gorgeous house too that you know so 1.4 guys so 500 grand how much do you spend in materials overall but 75 grand Yeah. Okay. Eighty ish. Seventy five grand did most of the work. We didn't
1: do the cheapest stuff. We didn't. We didn't go the. You know. We we did durable. It's a. It's a. We went for like a beach theme. It's a nautical theme. So everything's real wood.
0: You you did most of the work yourself. You brought contractors in, friends and family, whatever. Contractors come in, do the stuff that is a little out Mm -hmm. of scope.
1: Yeah, pulling permits for windows. But you know the contractors.
0: Yeah. Right. And you worked a deal. So that brings me to hey, it's Cashflow Guys podcast. Let's talk about how did you get the air conditioning in the master bedroom.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, oh
0: it's funny. So you forget yeah. this shit.
1: So yeah, so there's a the thing down here is that these old houses they don't have room for ductwork, you know. So you know a Key West house has right. split units, right? And they're super reliable. They're quiet, right? You know, that's not a window. What do you call window shaker? Right. You know, an old an old window shaker. So there used to be one up there. And so now there was a hole in the wall where that thing had either blown out of the with the storm, or right. they kicked it out with a sledgehammer, or whatever it was. Definitely not so addressed. I, yeah, so I filled the hole. Um, I just haven't stuck out over it yet. Right, There's still a hole. Yeah, details. Yeah. <laughs> they it passed details. appraisal. Yeah. Who cares? On the inside, it's good. it's good. So yeah, I, um, so my daughter's best friend's dad is an AC guy. Right. So uh, he's like, yeah, I could. And you know, I go, hey, while you're here picking up your daughter, I was right. hanging out with my daughter. Right come take a look at some stuff for me. I'm like, what do you think about putting some split units up here? And because it's, we're upstairs. The the master bedroom is upstairs. Right. So all, if you make it really cold up there, it, the cold air drops, right? It falls down the stairs. It right. falls down to the lower unit. So it'll actually take less work. I mean, it'll put, um, less stress on your main, uh, central heat and air right. unit downstairs. But
0: we're also, we're also talking about a lot of money to do this. Oh yeah. It's not free. Right. It's not free. and, no no sense in parting with money if you don't have to. Right. <laughs> you work a deal. So you get an a, a, a robs robs a wheeler dealer. He's yeah. a garage sale guy. He he comes across this uh truck camper, right? Uh-huh. It's a Lance truck camper. Guys, this is it's not It's a good one. Yeah, Lance is like the best out there. It's like there's Lance, there's Airstream and that's a, and everything else below it. So you get a, a nice Lance trailer for super cheap. Yeah, crazy cheap. You then what? You trade the Lance trailer.
1: <laughs> yeah, he just happened to have wanted or needed a, a Lance, Lance trailer. He wanted to keep some out at Sugarloaf, you know, to, to vacation in.
0: So, like our old buddy Peter Stay Fortunato vacation. says, you use what you have mm-hmm. to get what you need, so you can accomplish what you want.
1: Oh yeah, and the appraiser was coming, and I didn't want a camper in my yard. Right. I was going to have to either sell it, right, or give Quickly. it away to somebody, or throw it in some field and let it you know, pay to store it right somewhere. Right. So I said, quickly, if you can get this camper out of here in like a day or two,
0: cause just put an AC in my bedroom and we're yeah, good to go.
1: Yeah. Do that. And also I want my downstairs hooked up and all that. And he, he provided me with the Mitsubishi splits, which are the, some of the best splits you can get. And the deal worked. We,
0: we shook hands. So it's a deal within a deal within a deal. Mm-hmm. Everybody wins the ac guy didn't take it in the shorts you didn't take it in the shorts the seller got a good deal and frankly the contractors deserve to be homeless but they they got made <laughs> no they're fine they got made a whole too so yeah. it all just works out in the end
1: yep and i'm so, sure they they moved out of that place and maybe they hustled a little bit harder right you know maybe they built their business hey, harder you got to hustle every once in a while
0: absolutely and guys there you go i mean yes it, long way to get to the to to the end but at the end of the day guys it's about going out there and diagnosing the problems it's about finding solutions to the problems when you do find them it's not about it's not this isn't a a race you know you walk in you meet people you shake hands you talk to folks rob thanks so much for coming out today it was a blast thank you and the guys this is how it's done it's getting out there in the street it's getting to shake hands know people talk to people making things happen It's finding out what are the seller's needs and why do they need it? What are they going to do with the money? Everything that we've been teaching you guys is what Rob already knew to do over the years and simply applied these things that he was taught by his father and friends and whatnot, reading books. And that's what makes it happen, guys. That's what makes the cash flow. And that's what gets you out of the rat race, gets you to a whole different place in your life. Have a great week, guys, and we will catch up with you next time.